Welcome back to the Down to Earth podcast. We've all heard the term written in the stars, but do we actually realize how much of our life path is predetermined for us? Astrology is an ancient field of study that observes information about human affairs and terrestrial events by studying the movements and relative positions of celestial objects. According to astrology, the day, month, time, year, and location of where we are born determines who we are, our life path, and experiences that we may encounter along the way. In this episode, we chat with Mix, an acclaimed astrologist who is the founder of the popular and informative Instagram page, Astrology Life. Mix is going to do an astrology deep dive with us and go over astrology basics, how big of an impact our zodiac sign may have on our life path, and relationship compatibility between the zodiac signs. We also go into tips on how to manifest effectively. Here we go. Welcome to the Down to Earth podcast. We're your hosts, sibling duo, Jonathan and Lorena. In this podcast, we'll be spilling the tea on all things health and wellness related. This podcast is designed to motivate you to take care of your physical, mental, and spiritual health. We'll be bringing on doctors, healers, fitness experts, business leaders, and innovators. Thanks for joining us in our mission of making the world a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place. Here we go. Hey, Mix. How are you today? I'm doing so well. How are y'all? We're doing well as well. Both really excited to be chatting with you. Yes, I am so excited. I'm ready for y'all. I'm ready for the questions. Let's do this. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'd love to start out by getting to know a little bit more about your background and how you initially got interested in astrology. I I grew up in a very Christian household. Um, astrology was not something I could like openly talk about. It wasn't something that was really around me or anything like that. It wasn't something that I knew up until I was about 18, turning 19 years old. I was working for my aunt as like a personal assistant or something, and I was super bored. And, you know, when you're bored, like, why not look up your friend's zodiac signs? Like, that's totally normal, right? So I'm I'm like writing everyone's name down. I'm putting everyone's zodiac sign together. And I'm like, wait a minute my like friends from high school have like these three specific zodiac signs. And then my friends from college have these zodiac signs. And I was just comparing my relationships with them. And I was like, wow, like, you know, no offense, high school friends, but my college friends like have it going on. And I don't know if it's just because we're older now, but I don't know. I just felt like a different vibe from them. And I was like, okay, like this stuff is kind of interesting. Fast forward about four months later, I'm addicted. I'm like looking up everyone's sign. I'm asking everyone I meet. Um, And then three months after that, I created astrology underscore life, which is my Instagram page. And yeah, I've just ever since then, I believe it was the summer of 2019, I started it. And ever since then, it's just evolved from an astrology meme page to something more educational. And yeah, that's where I am now. <laughs> it's a great story. It's it's really cool to hear that you took a passion that happened really naturally and turned it into a way to really help others learn more about astrology as well. Now, out of curiosity, what are those signs that you typically found yourself most attracted to in friendships and people that you were surrounding yourself with? Scorpio placements are my favorite. I oh, will Scorpio. like say this. 
Yes. I was literally hoping one of you would say, okay, I'm a Scorpio. I hope you don't hate me. No, I love Scorpios. Five planets in Scorpio. I'm like a real Scorpio. Okay. That just, you're making me happier and happier. Every single, I say this all the time. Scorpio is the only sign that like in any placement or planet that I meet them, I always love them. We have I to always. be in person then. That's incredible. Because <laughs> yes. a lot of people are like, you're a Scorpio and they get scared. I don't know why we have this like preconceived reputation, but I think Scorpios are great. Scorpios are awesome. Like I, I understand, you know, you have that one bad Scorpio in your life and it's, it's very on brand because Scorpio is the sign of bad reputation. Scorpio suns, moons, and risings, like throughout their life, people are always talking bad about them in general. So it's very on brand for people to not like Scorpios, but in general, they're so loving and fun to talk to. I love Scorpios. Yeah, no, that's, that's so funny to hear. I love that. Yeah, I also enjoy um, Capricorns. Capricorns was like a, a really big placement that are in a lot of my close friend groups, Pisces moons and Aquarius placements other than Aquarius suns. So like mostly the older signs, like if you want to count like the last five signs or whatever, they, uh, the last five signs would be Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. I am way closer with them and I'm able to like have deeper connections with them rather than like a Leo, a Cancer, or a Gemini. That's so interesting. And that goes based off of your sign as well, right? Yeah. Like I've, I've done like cross aspects and done certain things in my chart that have led me to believe that because of my chart, that's why I work well with the older signs because I have a lot of older signs in my chart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like if you have a bunch of older signs in your chart and some you meet someone with a bunch of younger signs in your chart, in their chart, the person with the younger signs may be like 30 years older than you, but like you will still feel as though you kind of have to take care of them or watch out for them. It's just this vibe that the younger signs and the older signs like give to each other. So for anyone listening, what are the younger signs and what are the older signs? Like, what does that mean? Okay. So there are 12 Zodiac signs. The first six are Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, and Virgo. Um, They represent like the first part of your life. Aries is like the baby. And then we have like Libra all the way to Pisces. There's Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. And Pisces... um, the the age limit kind of stops at Capricorn. Capricorn is like the the grandfather, the oldest age. Then we get into Aquarius, which represents the revolutionary, and then Pisces, which represents like our subconscious. So Aquarius and Pisces are the only two signs that don't really have an age, um, but they're still like at the end. So they're very, very wise. That's very interesting. Now, something else that I wanted to ask you, because a lot of people will be a certain sign and they assume mm-hmm. that like, you know, if their main characteristics don't really align with that sign, they're like, oh, you know, I'm, let's say a Scorpio, but I don't really seem like a typical Scorpio. There's other factors to someone's chart that affects who they are and why they are the way they are. Correct. Most definitely. You have like your sun sign. Everyone pretty much knows their sun sign. Then you have a moon sign, a rising sign. They all mean different things. And then you have houses and degrees. Like once you start one thing, you realize how 
little that one thing you know is and you have to go deeper. So there's definitely more than just your sun sign that um, that goes into it. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's what I've always thought as well, because, you know, if your rising sign or ascendant is different than, you know, your actual birth sign, that could have a really big influence on who you are as well. Most definitely. And astrology, nothing in astrology is singular. Everything affects everything. So um, if you're someone who has a Scorpio sun and a Sagittarius ascendant versus someone who has a Scorpio sun and a Capricorn ascendant, the relationship between the Scorpio and the Sag and the Scorpio and the Capricorn is going to give a completely different vibe. And that's based off of, again, different degrees, the different houses they're in. It's, it's super cool how you can cross compare and see um, the different vibes that it gives your personality in your life. So for someone who has no idea, they're like, okay, I just know my sign. Where do they start? Like what information do they need? How do they assess all these different houses? What are all these different houses? Like, let's just break it down. Right. Okay. So first off, you need your birth information. You need the month, day, year. You also need the location and the time. So the time is really, really important. You can get your natal chart. Like you can get your planets, meaning your sun, your moon, your Mercury, your Venus without your birth time. Um, It's not going to be the most accurate because you won't be able to know what houses those planets um, reside in, nor the degrees that they're in. So it is very, very, very important that you have your birth time. So if you have your birth, your time, you can have all the information. Like you can go on Google or whatever um, search engine you use, look up natal chart calculator. The first three that pop up are usually um, cafe astrology, astro charts, astro seek, something like that. You can choose anyone you want. You plug in your information and then it's going to show you either like all these big rectangular squares with like <laughs> different numbers and whatnot, or it's going to show you like a huge wheel with a bunch of symbols. Um, I would definitely start out with just your sun, moon, and rising. If you're like, a fresh newbie into astrology into astrology, and you just want to know if it's something you want to know more about your sun, moon, and rising is a, is a really, um, a really good place to start. Wow. Very interesting. And it's good to know that, you know, there's so much information out there about ourselves that we could learn that sort of gives us like a blueprint into who we are. Um, you know, even mm-hmm. for people who are non-believers, you know, this is something that is given to you at birth pretty much, and you can't really deny it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like you, there's, there's nothing you can do to change this. This isn't something that, um, me as an astrologer can just manipulate. And like, if you want to fact check any information, like you can, this is written literally in the stars. So, um, yeah, it stays with you. I always like to tell people your natal chart is like, this is what the pick the the sky painted just for you exactly when you were born. Exactly. So what's the difference between your natal chart and your housing chart? So you have your natal chart and you have your planets and all of your planets go into different parts of your personality. Your sun is your ego. It's the sign that you kind of grow into as you mature into adulthood. It's 
the the planet that helps you shine and like be seen out in the world like what makes you just feel really good then you have your moon sign which that has to do with like your emotions how you feel how you express yourself um how you base your reactions things like that and then you have your rising sign which is like the identity that people see when they first meet you. This is how you dress, maybe some things about your facial feature, some characteristics that you um, adopt from your parents and so on. So you, you have your natal chart, which is the planets. Then you have your houses. Now, what gets confusing is that you have 12 houses and every single house has a ruler but you also have your planets that um, reside in these certain houses. People get really confused because if I say like, oh, wherever Aries is ruling in your houses, people are like, oh, like I don't have Aries in my chart. And they're talking about their natal planets. And I'm like, it's, it's very hard to differentiate the two. So while you have your natal chart and your different planets, they reside in these different houses, but that also means that you have 12 houses that could have completely different rulers. Got so it. I'm not trying to like overwhelm anyone, but it is like a lot of information. And it took me even like two years after having my, um, my astrology page to know most of this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get my chart read, you know, every year. And he tells me everything that's in my house. And I, it's, it's confusing. It's a lot of information to dissect. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like everything has an effect. So you may have Aries as your third house ruler, but your moon in Scorpio could affect that or your, no, your moon in Taurus could also be in the third house. So you have that Venetian influence going into your second house, even though it's not the ruler. So yeah, there's just a bunch of, um, everything is affecting each other. Absolutely. Well, I told you I'm a Scorpio. My sister's an Aries. <laughs> oh, yay. Okay. So we have the Mars passion in the house. I love it. Wow. That's awesome. What's I love your it. sign? I am a Sagittarius. Uh, okay, so we're both fire signs. Yes, we are both the fire signs and then Scorpio and I are next to each other. So we, we all have a lot in common. We have a lot in common. For sure. No, that's all very cool. Now, for anyone out there who is interested in astrology, but wants to sort of learn how they could actually work with astrology in their daily life. You know, I've heard before that all the world leaders, you know, politicians, everyone sort of works with astrology and they work with specific dates to let's say launch certain things because the chances of success are going to be higher. So what are some ways that the average person could work with astrology, their chart specifically uh, to really help maximize their daily life? Yes, that is an awesome question. Um, and I recently did a presentation about this in a capstone class I'm in about how so much of the world uses astrology for their day-to-day life. And it, it doesn't have to be like you judging people based off of their sign or anything like that. Astrology is the planets and the stars and their effect on our daily lives, not just our personality. So Um, For example, right today, actually, Venus is going retrograde. Retrograde is when a planet gives the appearance that it is going backwards. It's not really going backwards, but it gives this appearance, which means like 
whatever that planet has to do with is now we're reflecting on it. We're now going back and trying to retrace our steps, see what we have to do to move forward so that once it starts moving directly, um, we can reap those benefits. So something to know, like during Venus retrogrades, maybe getting married during this time is not the most beneficial things having to do with the planet Venus um, that have to do with values, marriage, love, business adventures, things like that um, are more likely to go wrong between now and I believe January 28th. So it just it like just someone who would follow astrology and be very aware and have that as a part of their life would be like, okay, so right now my relationship might be tested. I'm going to try and not fight so much with my partner. I'm going to try and be more communicative, maybe pause our, you know, one year anniversary trip until the week after something like that. That's just like one small example, but there are so many things happening in the planets and so many relationships going on at the same time that you more so have to pick a a part of your life that you want to focus on um, and kind of go from there. So something most recently that is happening is Venus retrograde. And that's until January 28th, you said, right? I believe it is January 28th. Let me look it up really quickly so I can just verify, but I'm, I'm almost certain. Sure. And then how about when it comes to maybe like business or career, what are some days throughout the year that maybe aren't the best time to focus on career oriented endeavors? Um, so definitely Venus retrograde is something big. Venus is not only the planet of love, but just the planet of like, coming together to benefit like Venus is all about gifting you and, and, and just making things very pleasant and business. So um, when Venus is in retrograde, you may be fooled into going into a business venture that looks a lot better than it really is. Or maybe you go into a business venture that doesn't actually align with your values. And because you didn't take that time to reflect during retrograde, outside of retrograde, everything, all that work that you put into is just going to like kind of unravel maybe. Um, It's not for certain, but you, you don't want to like take that chance with the planets. The planets don't mess around. They don't care if you've like been around the block a couple times and have made the same mistake. If you keep on ignoring these lessons that the universe is literally pushing in front of your face, then yeah, it's going to come back to haunt you. There's Mercury retrograde. Mercury retrograde happens about three times a year. And during this time, like you don't want to sign the lease for a new apartment. You don't want to buy a new car. You don't want to put anything in writing really at all. Um, Anything in writing or like communication, anything could go wrong, but I think that one is probably a better example because everyone knows about, you know, Mercury and Gatorade and all those little jokes that they do. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting because I feel like there are so many times that we see people in daily life complain or feel really hopeless that, you know, maybe their relationships aren't working out or, you know, they're having challenges in their career. And a lot of times, you know, these people might think that it's just like they're a lot in life or their luck. Uh, But a lot of times they might just not really be aware of what's happening behind the scenes and that there's something called astrology that exists and that you really do have to work with specific dates in order to ensure your success. 
Yes, most definitely. And like, even I, in my belief, even though you may not believe in astrology, you may not have a, um, a, a like a faith base at all. Like, let's say you're just completely not spiritual, not religious, nothing, you're regular, regular dude, just walking around. I still believe even then with no want to receive anything from the universe, the universe is still going to bother you. Yeah. <laughs> the universe is still <laughs> going to put things in front of your face. They're going to make people bump into you. They're going to put numbers in front of your face. They're going to still communicate with you because they want the best for whatever decision you make. So, um, I definitely think like, even if you don't follow astrology, if you, if you are feeling down or like hopeless or, you know, you just like, you're like, man, like the past three weeks have just been terrible. Just stop, breathe and reflect on that. Why have I been feeling terrible? What's been going on? What are, have the events been leading up to this? Like I use astrology as a way to reflect about my life, but you don't have to have astrology to have that reflection, you know? Absolutely. And I think the universe, like if you're, even if you're not looking, it'll show you, but certainly if you're looking, it'll show you. Like I know when I was going through a lot of stress or like a hard time, there was one number that I would just see everywhere. And it was, Mm -hmm. I look up this number and I'm like, this makes like, I got chills. I was like, this makes so much sense. Yes. I love it. So I'm someone who I think like you, like I love to look at other people's signs and see our compatibilities in friendships or in relationships. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to get into relationships a little bit and maybe we can talk about some signs that are really compatible or not compatible, or does it, does it really matter? Can you work through it, you know, through it, if the signs are not compatible? So I, I was ready for this question. I was excited for this question because (laughs) we all want to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. I know you all want to know, and I am about to ease your mind here. So um, yes, uh, compatibility is definitely important. Generally, they say that the signs that are too over from you, um, like like if you keep going, are the ones that are more compatible, like fire and air, or four signs from you, which would be like fire and fire, or earth and earth. those are usually more compatible. Earth and water are compatible together. So like if you're an Aries, generally they say that you would be more compatible with an Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, Gemini, Aquarius, or Libra. If you're a Scorpio, generally you would be more compatible with a Scorpio, Capricorn, Pisces, Cancer, Virgo, or Taurus. Now, the thing with that, like I said, everything has a relationship with each other. So let's say you're a Scorpio sun. Um, actually, let's do this as an example. What are both of y'all's big three, your sun, moon, and your rising? Oh, so you I am a Scorpio moon. My rising is Leo and my moon is Libra. Okay. You're a Scorpio sun. <laughs> you're a Scorpio sun, Libra moon, Leo, Leo rising. rising. Okay. Awesome. Is that a good mix? <laughs> yes. I, I was, I was laughing because you said I'm a Scorpio moon, Libra moon, Leo rising. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm what? so sorry. About that. Yeah, Scorpio sun. But is that a good mix? Like those three, what does that mean? Okay. So, um, your sun is in Scorpio and you said your moon is in Libra. Your rising is in Leo. Leo. 
Your sun and your rising are both fixed signs. So you have two fixed signs in your big three that would make you um, a little bit more stubborn, a little bit more like determined, like you just have like this slow burning willpower to you. The fact that your Libra moon and your Leo rising sextile each other, which is a type of beneficial aspect in astrology. The fact that they have that together, you may express your emotions um, in a way that comes off to people very well. But because your sun and your rising swear each other, which is an aspect that's kind of filled with tension, your ego may come off more, either more obnoxious or not as expressive as you would want it to. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. And again, I have like a a whole chart of other interesting things. <laughs> I have four other planets in Scorpio, but yeah, that sounds pretty. Exactly. Accurate. Yeah. You said you were a Leo moon. I'm a Leo moon. Yep. Okay. So your air, your Aries sun and your rising are in the same sign. So like the things that make you shine and the things that people know you for are the same thing. Like when people have the same sun and rising, I feel like they just, they have a brand and they stick to the brand. Like, you know how you just have those people that are like, yeah, like she would totally jump off a cliff. And then she jumps <laughs> off the cliff. Like it's like, yeah. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you just have this brand and like, you don't, you surprise people because you're unpredictable, but like, you don't surprise people in the way that's like, whoa, I can't believe, like, I would never expect her to say that because people expect what you give them. You know what I mean? And then that Leo moon, um, that Leo moon trine with your, um, with your rising sign, this can kind of make like your emotions just out there for everyone to see. I mean, you already have the sun in your moon, which makes you like more willing to like be open about your emotions. But now that it's trining your rising, like, like if, if someone asks you, like, how are you feeling? You're going to be like, let me tell you. <laughs> and you don't mind, like, just, like, expressing that. Um, and then you have the fire, which helps with expression already. Yeah, you're a very expressive and passionate person. I love this. Just the ball of fire. Yes, a ball of fire. <laughs> I'm, oh, I, I love fire signs. So, so we have your Scorpio, Libra moon, Leo rising, and we have Aries sun, Leo moon, Aries rising, your Scorpio sun and your Aries rising, they're not the most compatible with each other. We're brother and sister, by the way. Yeah. Right, right, right. I know. I'm just using like in general. general. If we were a couple. Or in a relationship. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, you can like, you can, I do compatibility for siblings, parents. Let's um, do it as siblings. Like how compatible are we as siblings? (laughs) Right. So like, I can see you two, like as you grow up, both of you have very individualistic, um, sun signs, you either butted heads because the other person didn't listen to you, or you have to respect each other and let the other person have their own path because both of you want to do what you want to do. Um, so I can definitely see maybe during childhood, like some butting of heads, maybe some competition, Scorpio and Aries are very competitive sun signs. Then we have the Libra moon and the Leo moon, which this sextiles each other. This is very beneficial. You two kind of process your emotions in similar ways. I can see you two having a good, uh, like emotional relationship and where like, if you want to express something, 
Jonathan, you'll express it. Lorena, if you want to express something, you can express it. Both of you two, depending on the houses your moons are in, both of you two can just be very expressive people, very creative. You love aesthetic. You love nice things, both probably like buying nice things for each other. Um, I can see lots of laughter in this, in this, um, in this sibling relationship. Then we have Leo rising and Aries rising. Definitely, definitely both of you two are always motivating each other to be better, always competing against each other, but in the way that makes you feel inspired. Both of you are so creative and expressive. Then we have your Libra moon is in opposition to their Aries rising. So sometimes you may feel as though where they are impulsive, you are more level-headed. You may feel, um, Lorena, sometimes you may feel like you are just like, like full of energy and may, maybe not know where to put that energy. And then like your Libra moon, Jonathan, just like helps bring that energy into like concrete ideas. There's a lot of good cross aspects, even though just looking at your sun signs, you would think that you two would fight a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's it's super right interesting. Yeah. that That's very accurate. Oh, yay. Like, I think we balance each other well, but we definitely. But you wouldn't know that just based on our sun exactly. signs. That's why, yeah. like, if let's say you are starting to date someone and maybe you Google compatibility and it shows that you're not compatible, maybe dig a little further and right. I mean, find out the additional effects uh-huh. to their chart. Exactly. And like, like I have seen relationships where if you have like one or two of these like really strong aspects, honestly, it doesn't even matter what like the rest of your chart says. They always have just like a really good, strong foundation. Like, um, I've noticed if you have your moon sign in the same sign as your partner's Venus sign, Mm. that connection is so strong. Like you're tying your emotions and their values. And that's something that a lot of couples don't have. They, they're not on the same page with their values. So they're fighting over different priorities. But when your moon and their Venus are in the same sign or conjunct with each other, that that passion, that feeling of like, wow, like this person can give me what I want and need, it's very, very strong. So like your sun and moon could not match up, but if your moon and your Venus match up, it makes a very, very strong connection. So this is something you should be asking on a first date, guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) Well, no, I I actually tell people not to ask (laughs) for information on a first date. I used to, I used to be like, so like, oh my gosh. So, um, this is how I'm going to ask, like, I'd be planning it and everything. And now going through the dating scene as an astrologer, I'm like, yeah, like looking up their chart on the first date will like most people break their heart. (laughs) That's true. I could see that happening, but are there any signs that are just like not compatible. I mean, I know that we just spoke about how there's more to it than just the sun sign, but are there Mm -hmm. any that are just like known, like reputation wise, like these two signs typically just clash? So the whole thing with like, um, if you have a person that has mostly older signs and then a person that has mostly younger signs, like let's say you're a Scorpio sun, Scorpio moon, 
Pisces rising and you're dating an Aries sun, Taurus moon, Cancer rising, that Pisces rising is might always feel like they're taking care of the, the younger person, even though both of you have jobs, both of you have your own life, you're both, you know, doing your own thing. The, the person with the older son will just always feel like they have their stuff going on and that the younger person doesn't. I've always seen like relationships like that. It starts out really strong because, you know, the opposites attract thing. Yeah. And then they just realize like, okay, yeah, we have different vibes. <laughs> yeah. um, something else is like opposition signs, like um, if like I'm a Sagittarius, if I meet someone who is a Gemini, it's like, I love Gemini's as friends. We get along great dating wise. Actually, it's kind of like the same, the same rule in where like the, the older versus younger, there's so many similarities and differences between the opposition signs that the similarities bring you together, but the differences can make it really toxic, but the similarities make you stay. So I would not want to be in a relationship with someone who has too many like signs opposite of mine. If you're just a Gemini sun and then you have like a Scorpio moon, a Scorpio rising and a Cancer, Mar- Mercury and Venus, like that's completely different. There's only one sign that's um, in opposition to mine. But if, if, if your partner just has too many, just like opposites, like you have cancer and they have Capricorn or you have Aquarius and they have Leo that can just be filled with excitement, but also a lot of tension. Um, lastly, something that like, now this one, this one's kind of controversial. So I'm, I'm going to bring y'all in really close. (laughs) Um, So I have seen this, like, let's say I've done a hundred compatibility readings, about 82 of those compatibility readings have this aspect. And it's like, it brings you together. It, It gives like great sexual chemistry, great emotional chemistry, but it also can bring out the worst in both people. So whatever your moon sign is in, if someone has that sign in their Mars or if their Mars is conjunct your moon, um, that can show that the Mars person has like a lot of like power over your feelings and the moon person has a lot of power over like, like your energy um, and like how you feel. So like I, even I have been in relationships where I'm a Sagittarius moon and the person will have a Sagittarius Mars that conjuncts my moon and they will just do the most insensitive things to me. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, you're not a bad person, but you're doing these, like, just these things that are just like really, really crappy. Um, And it's something that I've seen in a lot of relationships. The moon person or the Mars person is always complaining about something very specific about the other person's actions. But at the same time, they're like, I mean, we're on the same page emotionally. The sex is great. But like, they just do these things that just get under my skin. So I I don't know. I definitely think that when you sign up to be in a relationship with someone, of course, like, 
you're signing up to also like be annoyed with them sometimes and whatnot. But I, I don't know. I've seen the the moon and Mars conjunction aspect be um, be very tricky for a lot of couples to get over. That's interesting. That's a very interesting point because that's not something that I think most people would even be looking into. If anything, it should mean a great connection. Like when I was first reading this, um, actually I, I have a book, I will have to reference it in a minute, but I, I bought like my first astrology book and I read about this and I was like, this is a load of baloney. Like, like why, like if anything, this should just mean that, you know, my emotions and like the things that motivate them are the same, right? Cause it's in the same sign, like, duh. And then I think soon after this, I started um, selling my services and doing more compatibility readings and dating more myself. And I was like, oh no, they were completely correct. (laughs) They were completely correct in that, you know, the sexual chemistry is there. And for a lot of people, that is enough to make them feel like, you know, they have love with this person. Um, and then it just can go really, really downhill. It can go really downhill. I think that as long as both of you are constantly wanting the best for each other and, you know, both of you are healthy and always working on your mental health and whatnot, I think obviously it can definitely work because any aspect in astrology can work just FYI. Um, but it, it, it is difficult. It's like, you're like loving each other one second and then fighting the next second. Like, eh, I don't know. It's kind of rough. I could see why that would be challenging. Yeah. What's the book? Do you have it with you? Yes. Let me go get it. 30 seconds. Okay. So, um, the book that I have here, it is the only astrology book you will ever need by Joanna Martine Woolfolk. Now, I do not agree that it is the only astrology <laughs> There's lots and lots of information that is left out of it. But even still, it's a huge book. It's like 500, 600? It's like, five, yeah, it's a little bit over 500 pages. It talks about... Um, you know, every single Zodiac sign, it talks about the origin of it. Like it talks about the Greek gods and how they, they started everything. Um, talks about degrees. They, they go over Oprah Winfrey's chart. If you're like really obsessed with them for Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Um, so there's like lots of cool stuff in there, but yeah, it was, it was one of the first books that I got that talked about aspects. And I saw this and I was like, wait, what? Like, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. And no, most definitely true. Um, so and definitely go check it, it out. Hand. And you've seen it firsthand too. I've seen it firsthand. I've experienced it. I have relationships in my life today that have this aspect. And I like observe these couples and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> it's like that song, that TikTok song. Oh no. Oh, no. It is. And the thing <laughs> is, like with a bunch of different aspects. It, it can totally make everything better. Like, like I said, it's only like 1% of the entire hundred. So it really isn't that bad. But once you have like, you know, the sun and moon don't match up and then like the, the moon and the Venus don't match up, but the moon and the Mars matches up, it's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, something more about compatibility. You can work with, 
any zodiac sign. I like to tell people that um, a relationship that is full of like, you know, just agreement and likeness is not going to fulfill you for long. It's not going to be very interesting. It's, um, there's something that I usually say, it's just not fun. Like no one wants to be in a relationship where their partner's just like, yes, babe, I totally agree. Yes, I agree. Yes. Okay, cool. Like you want to have the bicker. Sometimes you want to have that banter. You want to disagree and you want to grow as a person yourself and you can't grow on if you're, you know, hanging around people that are just like you. So I definitely think that even if you have a bunch of rough aspects in your chart, the rougher aspects are what make the relationship fun and full of growth and challenge. And um, yeah, that's what I always like to tell people. As long as there's a good mix of easy and harsh aspects, you're good to go. Definitely. I agree with you. And I think it's also important. It's like learning someone's love language. Like I think if there's a will, there's a way, like, like you said, obviously there's many factors that you're looking at to assess compatibility, but even knowing where your other, you know, your partners or your friends, their chart, you can be more aware of how to, I don't know, interact or I I would say like communicate with them. Exactly. And I have, I think I have like two, maybe three um, posts on my Instagram about like connecting the moon or the Venus signs or the Mars signs to the love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had or I've, I think I even have one over the houses, like um, your eighth house rules over intimacy. So that can kind of tell you um, how to love someone or how you like to love other people. But yeah, love languages are so important as well. I am a big believer of the love languages. Would be, is that like is the eighth house intimacy? So it's part of it. So the fifth house is kind of how you flirt with someone new. Like if you, if you like saw someone at a bar, you like your fifth house would be the person that's present. Um, well, actually let's go through this. So the first person that they meet is your first house, which would be your rising. Then once you're like, okay, yeah, like this person's cute. I'm digging it. The fifth house kind of comes out. Like that's, that's how you're going to be flirting. And then let's say, you know, you go on a couple of dates, the fifth, the fifth house person is now like going in the shadows. The sixth person the sixth house person is now out. You're being a little bit more picky. You're trying to see how this person works within your day-to-day life. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What's going on? Then you have your seventh house person that's kind of coming out now and you're thinking long-term. You're like, okay, is this person going to be beneficial for me? What do I get out of this relationship? Um, Do I want to be with this person for X amount of years, whatever? And then the eighth house is like, more so like how you are in the bedroom, but it's only a little part of it. So like you have your Mars sign, which can dictate your, um, like your sex drive. And then you have the eighth house, which can show like how you view intimacy. So as a Scorpio in the eighth house, intimacy is needed for you. Like you're, you invented intimacy, like, and it doesn't have to be sexual. It can just be like major eye contact. It can be, you know, just like really showing this person that you love and appreciate them with like a gift they've been wanting or something like that. But Scorpio is all about intimacy. Scorpio is all about, um, you know, either showing power or giving up that power to someone else. So I can definitely see like power plays in the bedroom, probably Um, things like that. Interesting stuff. (laughs) My brother's like, I love to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Now, another big part of life, I feel like when it comes to astrology is manifestation. Mm -hmm. I know that's something that I've seen you talk about before as well. And it seems to be a really buzzy term, um, even though it's a practice that people have pretty much been been doing since the beginning of time. So can you sort of talk a little bit about manifestation and maybe some tips on how to properly manifest? Yes. Okay. So I did. I also, this was another thing that I had prepared for. So manifestation, I, um, I started manifesting maybe about a year ago, like just really learning about it and knowing what it is. And I feel like social media has turned it into like this, like cute little trends like it's just like something you do on like the fuller new moon and it's like you know like super cool and you can record yourself staging and like (laughs) and you're done um (laughs) you know exactly what I mean so everything's become like too instagrammable and nothing deeper exactly um so manifestation is a constant thing manifestation is something that you, you eat it, you breathe it, you believe it, you feel it, you see it. It's something that's always happening to you in your conscious, in your subconscious. Um, and I think that's something that like separates people who are actually spiritual and people who are in it for the trend. Um, manifestation can mean a lot of things. There's so many things that go into manifestation. Manifestation means doing affirmations, journaling, um, reflecting, being in silence, meditating, cleaning, things like that. I'm trying to think of like, what's like something that like, if someone wants to just like, okay, let me describe manifestation in my own words. So manifestation is where you, you just like, put a lot of your heart and a lot of your energy into creating the life that you want. We live in a world that is very corporate and that tells us that like there are rules to life and that what we see is what we get. And that just isn't true. There are people that are out here creating lives out of thin air that are performing miracles um, And it's just because they believe that they can, that I think that's what manifestation is. Believing that you can so much that it just is, you will that power from the universe to create that. I think that's a great definition. I really do. I think that's a very easy to understand definition for most people. Now, uh, you know, I know a lot of people who have tried to manifest before they've read the secret, they would journal, you know, they would spend time trying to visualize the things that they want. And I think there's this misconception that when you are manifesting, if you believe it, it's going to happen really quickly. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's decades for a manifestation <laughs> to actually become a reality, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, there are lots of things. Manifestation is really important. You should always have like a clear visualization of like what you want to be manifesting, but there's also a thing called divine timing Mm -hmm. and it's, it's rough. (laughs) It's rough when you're like constantly asking for something and you know that you can have it and you know that it's out there and yeah, like the universe is like, I'm sorry, but like you do have a decade to wait for it. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to tell people 
to still believe in that and believe in themselves. And like, you know, like if you're looking for the dream girl, even though you're not going to get married for another 20 years, like you can manifest the life you're going to have together. You can still visualize um, all the memories you're going to have with this person. You can still be fixing yourself and like going through life and going through these experiences while you become what you are supposed to when you meet this person. So like manifestation isn't just about like, okay, so I really want this guy and I want him to look like this and yada, yada, yada. The universe is going to listen to you and the universe is like, okay, okay. Yep. Yeah. I see the things that you like. And like, I, I understand you. I hear you, but I, I, I bet, I bet your entire life, you're going to like what I have in store a lot better. But the fact that she put in that work, the universe rewards you. I think that's the word that I'm looking for. It's it, spirituality and getting what you want is not easy. You don't just ask for it and it's literally handed to you. You do have to work on it. So if that means you have to meditate every single day for the next 20 years, then that's what you do. But the universe is promising you the life that that you're asking for. I, I promise you that. I agree with you. And I think a lot of people will say like, oh, well, that's, what's that term? Like toxic positivity where you're constantly positive, whatever. But the way mm-hmm. you're talking about it is like, you're working on yourself. Like, yes, you want to attract all these things in your life, but you're becoming the person to be able to attract those things in your life. And you're exactly. showing that you have that faith, like your practice, whether you're spiritual, religious, whatever it is in the universe, like I'm deserving of all these things that I want. And I'm just going to keep persevering and having that faith that it's going to happen. Exactly. Yes. And like, even while you're manifesting, like, let's say like you're manifesting your dream person and let's say like, okay, when you get married, how is your life going to be with this person? Well, obviously I want to be financially stable. I want to have a nice car and I want to be able to go on vacations with them. You may not get the love of your life for the next 10 years, but do you know what you do get for the next 10 years? you're going to be saving up money for all those vacations you're going to have with them. You're you've got the job that you saw yourself with them with. You have the car. Like it it doesn't mean that your life just stops and you're just not going to receive any blessings. Those manifestations, those prayers, those rituals, anything you want to call it, it's going somewhere and it's being created into something for you. So yes, most definitely. I, I, and I love what she said about like, you're becoming that person who attracts those things. That's like the perfect way. Yeah. And sometimes you end up getting something even better. That's why like when you are manifesting, instead of just saying, I want exactly this, it's like, I want this or something better. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And it's like, when has the universe ever given you exactly what you wanted, but like you got what you wanted and you didn't even know you wanted that thing. You're like, man, like I didn't even think about this as a variable, but man, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be having the same feeling right now. That always happens to me. Or what you needed. And sometimes it's not, you know, like you get something, you're like, I didn't want this, but in Mm -hmm. retrospect, it's what you needed to get to where you are or get what you have. Exactly. Yes. What are some of the best practices for manifestation? Do you like vision boards, journaling, meditating, visualizing? Like, what do you think is typically the most effective? Is it a combination of them all? Um, Because, you know, a lot of people say, you know, images are more powerful than just words or feeling the emotions is more powerful than just seeing it. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Most definitely. 
Um, so this is actually something that I learned when I was like a gung-ho Christian and like in church and like all of these things. Um, they always tell you, or at least when I was growing up, they always told us like the hardest things that it is for you to do are the ones that you should be doing. Like if it's really hard for you to like, you know, get up on the podium and like, tell people how much you love, blah, 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 then maybe that's exactly what you should do. So when I first started manifesting, I did, you know, the stuff that made me comfortable. I saged, I would like clean my apartment. I would, you know, like, you know, just do the things that I would, I just saw everyone else doing. Um, But the things that were hardest for me that I, I now do and now like can't really live without Um, I have to have lots of moments of silence. I'm, I'm usually like the type of person, like, I always like to have like music going on. I love music. I'm always listening to music. If I'm working, there's music playing on the background. If I'm cooking, washing dishes, there's music playing in the background. And I started to realize that like, there were just so many thoughts in my head and I can't get them out when there's constantly like rock or pop or like something going on in the background. Um, I, I don't know what happened, but like, there was this day that like my headphones were not working and I was like, you know what, F this, like, I'm not going to use them. I'm just going to sit here in silence. And it was so good. I was like, wait a minute, I'm getting so much done today. Like in the hour of silence that I had, I got done more work in like two and a half or three hours of like noise and distraction. So like now it's like, wow, like I really need to take time and be silent for myself and like think about my thoughts. And I don't know, just it's, it's a feeling that I can't really describe. Just if you're ever feeling overwhelmed, just stop what you're doing, find the quietest place that you can and just do nothing. Like just do nothing. And it's hard. You put on a timer for one minute of doing that. It's going to feel like 10 minutes. You put on a timer five minutes, going to feel like 30 minutes. But I promise you, if you can stay absolutely silent for 30 minutes every day, no thinking, no talking, no moving, just silence, your life is going to be changed. Your life will be changed. The universe is just going to fill your mind with everything it's been trying to tell you and you've just been ignoring or distracting yourself with just it's like a download as soon as you're silent the universe puts its microchip in and like downloads everything for you I I I promise you so meditation and silence is probably my favorite my biggest way of um, manifestation. It's so important to have that time of silence of doing nothing. And then everything else is like, I journal a lot. Like I'm always writing down my thoughts. I write down every single angel number. Um, I write down all of my fears. I write down all the things I want. And I try and be specific about the things that I want um, besides people. Like if I'm manifesting friends, I don't manifest like a specific type of friend, but if I'm like manifesting, like, oh yeah, like in 2025, I'm going to have the G wagon 600 and it's going to be electric blue and it's going to have my name on it. And like, I'll be very specific in that way. Um, some people don't like writing. Some people like visualizing. And so I have friends who do vision boards on Pinterest or they will like 
buy magazines, like old magazines and like cut stuff out and put it on like a cork board. I, it's really hard for me to have that type of visualization, which is why I'm trying to work on it. Cause again, you know, the things that you're bad at, you should probably work on, but my favorite form of visualization is writing it down and then like picturing it all coming together in my head. And I like that you mentioned spending time in silence. I think the biggest issue in our world, especially today, is that people don't get enough alone time and they don't get enough quiet time. Because even if you are alone, you're typically on your phone, you're on Instagram, like you're always sort of distracted and there's so much noise in your daily life that you can't even like be receptive to the signs and symbols that are out there trying to get your attention. Exactly. And like, it's like, like, go and try and spend five minutes while doing nothing. Like it it gives most people anxiety because of how over, how used to overwhelmed we are. Like we're used to having this like um, kind of like fight or flight feeling in us. We're used to being anxious. We're used to constantly being bombarded with messages and lights and whatnot. And yeah, those couple of minutes by yourself, let alone 30 in silence, it it's really hard for a lot of people. It's so hard. It's hard for me. I mean, I'm someone like you mentioned, like you would always have music on in the background. That's like me. I feel like silence is like my biggest fear. Like if someone's not talking, I'm talking. <laughs> So I, I, need, I need, <laughs> need to work on it. I need to work on it. It's true. Because I think so many of us are like, again, it's like we have these thoughts that are suppressed because we're always busy or listening to music or doing something that when you're alone and silent, it's just you and your thoughts. That's it. It's just you and your thoughts in the universe, baby. There ain't no escaping. <laughs> yep. Very true. Now, I have another question when it comes to manifestation. I've heard like mixed things in terms of like, you should already accept something as if you've already, you know, achieved it or received it and already show gratitude for it. And then other people say that if you haven't yet received it, keep visualizing it as still something that you just want, but haven't received yet. And then I've also heard that you should like, some people like to manifest something and hold on to that vision super tightly. And then others say you have to visualize and then just like, sort of let it go. Mm -hmm. like an easier hand. So I don't know what is the right approach. So everything is personal. I don't want to say that there is like a right or wrong approach. Cause like I said before, like I use different methods for different things that I'm manifesting. And I just say like, follow your heart. Like I don't always feel like, okay, with the whole, like, um, say, be grateful for things as if you already have it. I don't have the best health right now. I am not the richest person in the world either, by the way, (laughs) but I feel okay being saying out loud, I am rich, wealthy, and healthy. Mm -hmm. Now, am I going to say what's like, an example of something that I wouldn't say, like, am I going to say like, I have a million dollars in my bank account right now? No, because I know that I don't have a million dollars, but I know that if I say that I am rich and wealthy, it makes me one grateful for what I do have. Cause even if I only have $5 in my bank account, I'm telling myself that that $5 can take me anywhere. And two, I am saying I'm rich and wealthy because 
I'm expecting more riches and more wealth. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not going to go ahead and be like, I have $500 in my bank account right now. And then go look at my bank account and like, just be disappointed every day that I only have $5. But when I say, yeah, I'm rich and wealthy and I'm going to go far. I'm saying that this $5 is going to stretch times 10 times 10, or I'm going to be able to pay whatever I want with this $5. I think it definitely, I, I say, let go with your heart. And that's what my heart tells me. But someone could be like, yeah, every single day I wake up and say, I have $500 in my bank account. And you know what? Every single day when I check my bank account, there's more money in there because of that affirmation. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to tell somebody else, like, don't use your power in this way. Like, you know, it definitely depends. Um, but uh, going off of your question of like, people hold on to these manifestations. Yeah, you, because you are changing as a person, I feel like maybe not like your concrete values should change, but like your wants and needs are also going to change. And so if you're like, if today, 2021, you're like, I want a person who is this, that, and the other, and you have like these very specific details about them, are you and you don't have that person in five years from now, you're still asking for that like same specific person. It just, I don't know. I I think that some things you do have to kind of reflect. And it's times like these, it's times like Venus retrograde, where we take this specific person that we have made for ourselves in our mind. And we're like, okay, um, do I still need someone who is the funniest person in the room? Am I more confident in myself now that I, I want to be the funniest person in the room. So I'm going to scratch that off and I'm going to go back and reflect. You know what I mean? Like there are different parts of the year where we have these um, times where we're supposed to reflect and we are supposed to change. And it really doesn't matter what you ask for. The universe is going to give you exactly what they know that you need. So like you may just be setting yourself up for disappointment and may completely ignore this perfect person that the universe has been like, you know, rejuvenating for you. And just because you have like this set list of what you want, follow your heart, follow like what your, what your gut is telling you, despite what you put on a piece of paper a couple years ago. Exactly. It's so funny. I saw someone post this quote on Instagram. It was like, the universe is my sugar daddy. And I love that. It's very true. (laughs) (laughs) So true. The universe is like, babe, I got you. Anything you want. (laughs) You want that G-Wagon? I got you. Exactly. Hey, thank you, universe. Thank you. <laughs> G-Wagon. <laughs> exactly. Now, another question we love to ask all of our guests on our podcast is if you could sit down and have tea with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh my gosh. If I were to have tea with anyone. Okay. This is a really hard question because there are lots of people that I want to meet, but the person that immediately popped into my mind was Britney Spears. That'd be oh, a good one. that's a, I'm, you know, no one said that. And I'm really surprised. Yeah, that's a good one. I love everything about her. I think about Britney Spears very often. I pray for her very often. I have, she's just like, I don't know. I just remember being younger and being like, man, Britney Spears is just that girl. Like, 
Yeah. I love her. I've always loved her. I've always believed in her. I'm so happy she's free now. Um, but yeah, I would love, actually, I don't want to have tea with Britney Spears. I want to have Pepsi with Britney Spears. And if you know the joke, then you know. <laughs> I got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> what sign is she? I don't think I've ever looked that up. You know what sign she is? Yeah, she's a Sag. She's a Sag sign. So she's a um, fellow, fellow Sag. She is a fellow Saj. And it's weird because I don't always get along with Saj women specifically. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know why. You said what? So it's, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like the person who like shares your, your exact son. I need to like check her okay. birthday. Maybe we have like some degrees that are like, I, I don't know. But I know that she's a Saj sun, Aquarius moon. I forgot her rising. Mm. I'm sure you guys would get along. <laughs> I, I yeah. <laughs> even if we don't get along, I just want her to talk. Like I don't even have to talk; she can just talk. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. We have to make that happen. Wait. So, what it. about y'all? What's your answer? Mine always changes. See, mine. I feel like mine's always the same. Is that good or bad? What's yours. Mine is always Dr. Joe Dispenza. Who's that? He's, um, he's a doctor. I believe he's a chiropractor, but he's really big on, he's an author as well. Um, he has a lot of meditations, but he's very big on the connection between our mind and our body and is a big believer in that our mind and our thoughts can literally heal our physical body and quantum physics and like what we don't see. Yeah. So I, I'm just fascinated by him and I'd love to go to his, he has like workshops and I just think he's so cool. He has very cool books. I'll send them to you if you're interested. Yeah, I'm like, where can I like dip my toes in this information? I love it. What's yours, John? Again, mine always changes, but I feel like our great grandma is definitely one of of them because she passed. Yeah. Um with her again because she was like a very big influence on my life. And I own an iced tea company and she was like a very big tea influence in my life as well. So um, so I feel like that's still probably the most common answer that I have. Yeah. Um, but what was her favorite tea? Chamomile. It always changed. Yeah, she loved chamomile tea, and we have a flavor that has chamomile in it. Uh, so lots of connection there. So yeah, it'd be cool to have tea again. Yeah. Oh, that is so sweet. I'm sorry for your loss, but I'm so glad you had her in your life. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Yeah, we're I lucky. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, for anyone out there who wants to learn a little bit more about their own charts, like what are the best resources to check like out or a book that they could potentially pick up? I know you already mentioned one. Are you currently doing individual readings for people? Um, If so, where are the best places to reach you at? So I do have an astrology account, astrology underscore life and life is spelled L-Y-F-E. Through that, you can check out my highlights. I have different labels for them. Like if you want to learn about the different houses or planets in the houses, I have one for that. If you want to learn about more, um, your moon sign or moon and moon compatibility, I have a bunch of different stuff on that. A couple sites that I know off the bat that people frequently use cafe astrology is a really big one. It, it has like mostly like generic information. Like I don't think that it's going to tell you, um, anything different than, you know, most of the other, uh, sites that would pop up. There's also astroseek.com. There's astrocharts.com. And those will give you like a breakdown of your natal chart. Um, plus along like a small description, then there is the only astrology book you'll ever need by Joanna Wolfolk. It's a huge book. 
I'm still like going through it and finding new things in it because it's over 500 pages. Then let me see what else is there. I also have a Patreon blog. I try and post on it about twice to three times a week. It's there's like a link in my uh, tree link. If you go on my Instagram and yeah, uh, one of the biggest places I get my information actually is Tumblr. Tumblr, if you just look up a different a different like um, hashtag every time, you're going to find an astrologer that has, I mean, hundreds upon hundreds of notes and observations and things like that for you. Those are going to be based off of their, you know, observations and experiences, but I still find them to be very, very accurate and very, very helpful. So I think that's, I think that's all I have for y'all. And then, yeah, I'm all about bettering your relationships, not only with yourself, but with everyone around you. And yeah, if you have any other questions, just, just DM me. I answer everybody. That's amazing. amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You really are a wealth of knowledge and I love your page and the fact that you make astrology so easy to understand and digest for, for all types of people, regardless of how well-versed you are in the world of astrology. And I just encourage you to keep up the great work. Thank you for sharing this time with us. And I learned for, so much. Yeah. Teaching yeah. us so much. Oh, and by the way, I'm a Sag sun, Sag moon, Aquarius rising. So what oh, um, in your chart. Yes, I have a lot of sad. Well, it's like my entire chart is only Sag, Aquarius, and Scorpio. Like, <laughs> really? Um, yes, my chart is mostly Aquarius, and then Sag is second, and then Scorpio is third. Wow. Very interesting. Well, then I'm sure we have a lot in common. Exactly. Yes, I love it. Yeah, well, we'll have to meet up if we're ever in Texas. We're actually hoping to to visit Texas. We'll definitely reach out if you're ever in Miami or New York. Let us know. Or Scottsdale, (laughs) where Lorena lives. Let us know. And keep in touch. Uh, We'll let you know when the episode is ready. We'll share it with everyone. And then if there's like more specific questions that we see are like pretty common that we're getting, we'd love to have you back on. Oh my gosh. Y'all are awesome. I will definitely stay in touch and I would love to be back. Y'all were awesome. Thank you so much. Of course it was our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on our episode with Mix from Astrology Life. Mix really helps us gain a better understanding of astrology, the zodiac signs, compatibility between the signs, manifestation, and the deeper astrological factors that play a large role on who we are and who we become. As always, if you have any questions, please email us at podcast at drinkdowntoearth.com or get in touch with us on our Instagram at drinkdte. In the meantime, stay healthy and stay hydrated. Cheers. Now it's time for you to go out there and do at least one small thing to better your health today. Always choose to make your life a healthier, happier, and a more down-to-earth place. Until next time. Cheers to good health.